Thank you, Jack. That, uh, that was beautiful. I'm afraid I'm going to ruin the mood by talking about manure spreading. <laughs> well, if you were here last week, I did talk about a manure spreader. And just to kind of just go back and just mention that briefly, because there might be some folk here today that weren't here last week. Uh, I mentioned that uh, there was an old couple in my church when I was growing up as a little young kid that uh, it was the tradition in their family that when they got married, they got on the back end of a manure spreader and they rode down through the main street in their town. And we kind of got a chuckle about that. And I added that, you know, I've met some people and so have you that uh, they are manure spreaders, just like wherever they go they create a stink, you know? And last week I made the observation, I made the observation uh, that as Christians, we're not to be manure spreaders. We are to be grace spreaders. We are to spread the grace of God wherever we go. And so then the question is, well, how in the world do we do that? And my answer to that question last week was, you become a grace spreader by discovering and using your spiritual gift. So last week, we talked quite a bit about discovering your spiritual gift, and I, I hope that you've done that. Um, I just got a count right before I came up here, and I, I have a, a, an approximate number of how many of you have actually gotten online and taken the spiritual gifts test or survey and uh, I don't know what you think is a good number. Anybody want to guess? I don't say 584, but what do you think? 50. And I have to tell you, when I was preaching uh, last week, I had the number 50 rolling around in the back of my head. I thought, well, if we have at least 50, I won't be happy with that, but, you know, at least somebody listened, you know. And, uh, so anyhow, the count right now is 60. 60. Now, that's, that's really, really good, but I'm not really happy with that number. Uh, so let me encourage you to uh, consider doing that because it's really, really important. And, and by the way, if you are here this morning and you haven't taken your spiritual gifts test or survey, uh, the link is, uh, let's see, birchridge.org forward slash survey. And if you haven't taken it yet and you have your phone, just go ahead and do that right now. Just, you know, while I'm preaching, just, just do it. It'll be all right. You don't have to listen to the sermon. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm being sincere. It's way, it's way more important that you discover what your spiritual gifts are than you listen to some old man up here rant and rave. So just get your phone out. Of course, then everybody will know you hadn't taken your test. <laughs> but anyhow, I'm just, I'm just saying it's really important that you do that. And I think on the program, is the link still there? Can anybody look? It is still there? So the link is still there. So if you, okay, thanks. So if you don't want to take it while I'm preaching, um, you know, do it this afternoon. Because what I'm about to say for the next 25, 30 minutes or so, will make a lot more sense if you've taken the test or at least you say to yourself, well, all right, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take the spiritual gifts test. Now, just imagine what it would be like to be in a church where everybody discovers and uses their spiritual gift. I mean, that would be like a finely tuned car just purring down the highway, you know? I mean, just, I just can't imagine what that would be. And by the way, as soon as I say that, I'm reminded that I had a really good pastor friend 30 years ago that went to a church of like 70 people. And he decided that they were going to elevate the importance of spiritual gifts. And one of his themes was, you know, every member, uh, a servant, and so you had to discover your spiritual gifts. And he beat the drum and beat the drum and beat the drum about spiritual gifts. And within, it, it took a while, but it began to grow and grow and grow. And he just retired, not last year, I guess it was, and the church runs about 1,200 now or so, you know, from 70. You know, it's, it's this idea that when we get our act together and everybody has their, discovers their spiritual gift and uses it, it makes a really, really big difference. So today we're going to talk about using your spiritual gift. And the text I, I want to share with you today is 1 Peter 4.10. 1 Peter 4.10 is the text. Let me read it to you, and it'll be up there on the screen, though. And it simply says this, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now, it's really important, I think, to look at the context of 1 Peter 4.10, because so often we just take a verse, you know, right out of context, and we look at it closely, and if we don't consider the context, we can get into error sometimes. So I want to talk a little bit about, about the context. And this, this verse is really in the, in the middle of a, a larger context that is really helpful for us to, to think about for a moment. So there in the middle of chapter 2, it deals with Christian living, and so we're going to go to that now on the screen. And so you see there, 1 Peter 2.11 to 4.11 is a whole context. It's a whole block of Scripture that talks about accepting submission and living for God. So we submit to God, and when we submit to God, that means we're going to live for God. And so you can see then the different sections that come along the way, living among the pagans, how we, how we, how we submit to God and live for God among the pagans, there in chapter 2, verses 11 to 12. Then it talks about the life of, of submission, and so you submit to authority, you submit to masters, you submit to your spouse, then you live in harmony, and then, that's all through the end of chapter 3, then chapter 4 begins, and chapter 4 begins, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, talk about living for God. So you have this big block of material, submitting to God, 
and then living for God. Um, and then, we don't have it up on the screen, but in, in uh, 1 Peter 4, 7, it, talks, it has this phrase that, that says, the end of all things is near, and because the end of all things is near, live like this. This is how you ought to live. And so I, I take the time to show you that slide and to talk about context because the context reminds us that using your spiritual gift is an outflow of submitting to God. In other words, when you submit to God, you live a certain way. And when you submit to God, the way that you live is 1 Peter 4.10. You use your spiritual gift. Uh, in other words, that when you submit to God, you will exercise your spiritual gift. It's what Christians do. Now, I know that the temptation when it comes to spiritual gifts is for us to say, well, that's for like the Mother Teresa's of the world, you know? You know, we're tempted to say, well, I'm sure Billy Graham, Billy Graham, he had spiritual gifts, you know? Or we look at some spiritual giant that we admire from afar and we say, wow, I, I know that person had spiritual gifts. And when we do that, I mean, that's okay, but when we do that, what we're doing really in the back of our mind is we're trying to give ourselves a pass for not using our spiritual gift because we're, immediately we say, I'm not like Billy Graham or I'm not like Mother Teresa or I'm not like that big, that saint that I have really admired down across the years. I, I'm not some sort of spiritual giant. And so we say to ourselves, well, you know, that spiritual gifts isn't for me. But the context here in 1 Peter drives home the truth that using your spiritual gift is what Christians do. It, it, it's what we do. You know, if you're, if you're a car, you go down the road. If you are a fisherman, or fisherwoman, you go to the river, you go to the Cook Inlet, right? Because that's what people do that like to go fishing. And if you are a Christian, you use your spiritual gift. It's what you do. Now, if a car doesn't go down the road, there's a problem. And if you say, well, I'm a fisherman, and you don't ever go to the river, that's a real problem, right? And if you're a Christian and you don't use your spiritual gift, it's a problem. It's, it's a real problem. And so I want you to understand today that a Christian using their spiritual gift is not the exception, but it ought to be the norm. It really ought to be. Because who you are submitted to God, drives what you do. You live a certain way. And the way that we ought to live as Christians, 
when we submit ourselves to God is that we use our spiritual gifts. I don't know how in the world we lost sight of that. It just, I just really think it's true. I've been in churches where people say, well, so-and-so, he's, he's really got a spiritual gift, and, you know, we, and it's like they're saying, well, he's about the only one. And it ought to be just the opposite. It ought to be, we all know our spiritual gifts, but Sam doesn't, so we're praying for him. He doesn't use his spiritual gift. And I'd be like, what's wrong with him? Who you are ought to drive, and in fact, drives what you do. Now, let's look at the first part of verse 10. Let's go back to verse 10. And let's look at it a little more closely. Each one should use whatever gift he has received, and now this phrase, to serve others. Here's a really important truth when it comes to this idea of spiritual gifts. It's that spiritual gifts are meant to be used in community, not in solitude. I mean, you see that very clearly there in in, in verse 10. Using your spiritual gift is all about serving others so that we can live in harmony with each other. This idea of spiritual gifts is not at all uh, about something that benefits you, but it's about using your spiritual gift so that we can benefit the community, so we can benefit the body of Christ, the the church family. It's all about others and really not so much about yourself. I mean, think about some of the spiritual gifts, like the spiritual gift of hospitality. I mean, if you disagree with me and you say, well, it's not about the community, it's about me, how do you be hospitable to yourself? I have the spiritual gift of hospitality, and so today I'm going to be extra nice to myself. Or the spiritual gift of of teaching. I mean, like, what do you do? Sit at a table all by yourself and put a mirror in front of you and talk to yourself and say, well, today, Randy, I'm going to help you understand Psalm 121. Let's talk about it. Or, or serving. I mean, you know, this spir- I have the spiritual gift of serving, and so I'm having three helpings of ice cream today. <laughs> Just going to serve myself, and it's going to be great. Um... You know, the spiritual gifts aren't, aren't about you. They aren't about your own needs. It's, it's all about the community. You are to, when you use your spiritual gift, you are serving others in the context of the Christian community. We are, we are brothers and sisters together, and we all have a part to play to make the car go purring down the highway so we can gain traction and discover new ground and claim new territory. It's it's all about community, and it's all about everybody doing their part. Now, I've been dreading saying this next, but I'm going to say it nonetheless because I think God wants me to. But I've decided that that if you fail to use your spiritual gift, you are 
cheating other members of the family. Lara said it. If, if you're not discovering and using your spiritual gift, you're cheating me. And you're cheating me, or you're cheating the person to your left or your right, or, or the person in front of you or the person behind you. You're cheating them because God has gifted you to do a ministry in the kingdom and a ministry in the family, but you're like, no. I'm not going to do that. So then somebody else has to pick up the slack. Thought about, about a father who had three boys that were growing up, and they were all real close in age. And so the father finally wised up when it came to getting the yard mode. A little lesson for you here. I don't know how that works. But. And so he set them all down, and he said, now you're old enough. I can trust you with the lawnmower. And I want, you to, I want you to mow the yard, and we're going to divide the yard into, into three sections, and each of you boys, will ha you'll have your section. And when you mow, you better mow in a straight line. Do you have a father like that? You better mow in a straight line. You know? And so he gave them careful instructions. Well, it, was, it all went well for a time or two. But one of the boys decided he hated mowing. And so what he did was, one morning when it was his turn to mow his section of the yard, when he mowed, he went, uh, uh, and they went, uh, and he did a horrible mess, but he did it on purpose, and he did it on purpose because he knew if he messed up, his dad would say, all right, no more mowing for you. That's what he wanted. He didn't want to mow the stinking yard. And so the, that boy was kind, of, he was kind of like this. I ain't going to mow if I, you know. So he messed up on purpose, and it worked. The dad said, okay, you do such a lousy job. Mm, no more mowing for you. And so now all of a sudden, his two brothers, they've got to mow more yard than ever. They have to mow their section and half of his section, all because that other brother was like, mm, I'm not doing that. And I really think that's kind of how it, how it is in the church, that if you fail to discover and use your spiritual gift, that you're, you're, you're like that boy. And, and so what you're doing is you're forcing others to pick up the slack and others to do the ministry that God has called you to do. And so they're doing double duty and triple duty. And we talked about this last week. And sometimes if we aren't careful, those folk get burned out in the church. And why are they burned out? Well, because you, you're like, mm, I'm not doing that. Now, I'm, I'm speaking the truth in love here. You know, don't look at me like I'm some sort of, some um, uh, mean old dad or here on Father's Day. You know, shaking my finger at you. I'm, I'm speaking the truth in love, and, I, and I'm talking to you straight this morning because I love you. And I'm trying to help you. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to help the church. And so when you discover and use your spiritual gift in the body of Christ, you, you are doing your part in the church family. It's, you know, belonging means responsibility. 
It means doing what God has called you to do. And, and, that, and that phrase that's still up there on the screen in verse 10, this phrase, whatever gift he has received, whatever it is that God has gifted you to do, use that. No one's really asking you to do anything that God hasn't gifted you to do. It is your God-given way to make the church family better, stronger, healthier, and more effective. And since I'm kind of on a roll and won't be long before I'm on a plane, (laughs) I get real dangerous about it at this point, I'm telling you. One of the things I've noticed across the years is that the biggest complainers in church are the people who do nothing. Yeah, I heard a couple go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's like somehow those folk have got the idea their spiritual gift is complaining. You know? And the complainers, they just sit back. It's pretty hard to, to be complaining all the time when you got skin in the game, right? Like, we're, we're working together, and, and we're not perfect, but you're using your spiritual gift. I'm, I'm trying to use my spiritual gift, and I'm trying to do my best. I know you're trying to do your best. And, you know, those kind of folks, they don't have time to sit around and complain about every little thing that's going wrong. Okay. I do want to stay a couple more weeks. So I just, I just move on. Now, the next part, the next half of, of verse 10. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now we're back to this idea of being grace spreaders instead of manure spreaders. And so when you use your own spiritual gift that God has given you, then you are spreading grace. You have, you have found a way to demonstrate the love and grace of God to those in the lives around you. And that's really what being a Christian is all about. Now let's talk about two of the words that are up there on the screen. Let's talk, first of all, for a moment, about the, the word administering. And the word administering in the original language Uh, is built on the word that we say house. It's built on the English word house. But it means the manager or treasurer of the house. The manager or treasurer of the house. So your spiritual gift is your own personal treasure that must be managed for the good of the house or the good of the church, the good of the, the good of the community. And the only one that can manage your spiritual gift is the manager, and that's you. You're, you're, you're the only one that can manage the spiritual gifts that God has given you. Now, so that means you have a choice to make. You can be selfish and say, I'm keeping my spiritual gift to myself, 
and I'm not going to use it in the context of community the way I'm supposed to. I'm just going to be hospitable to myself. Or I'm going to, I have the spiritual gift of giving. I'm going to give myself a lot, you know? So you, you can choose that. It, it, it's all up to you what you do with your spiritual gift. You are the manager, you are the treasurer of the gift that God has given you. So the responsibility is really clearly on your shoulder. No pastor can force you to use your spiritual gift. Nobody else can make you do it. Clearly, it's up to you and nobody else what you do with the treasure God has given you. And now the word faithfully, faithfully. I thought it was interesting, at least to me, to discover that, that, that the Greek word behind that can also mean beautiful. To be faithful is a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful thing when you, the gatekeeper, you, the manager, you, the steward of your spiritual gift, uses them in the body of Christ. It, it's a beautiful thing. When you say, you know what, I'm going to discover my spiritual gift, and I'm going to use it for the good of the body of believers and here at Birch Ridge Community Church. It is a beautiful thing. Now, just the opposite is true, that if you know what your spiritual gift is and you decide not to use it, you're the, you're the steward, you're, you're in charge, you're the manager of that, and if you decide not to use it, it's not a beautiful thing, it's an ugly thing. It's, it's a sad thing. But God has called us, I hope you see that, God has called us to use the gifts that he has given us. Now, you're like, so where do I start about using my spiritual gifts? Let me give you just a couple of really quick suggestions. One is, look at your results in your test and think about the spiritual gift and the ministries that we have in the church that reflect that gift. And, and think about the opportunities you have there to serve. And so you begin to experiment, and you might, you might call up a ministry leader, I mean like Jenny DeLong, and if, if you feel like you have... This, or if you have the spiritual gift of teaching, and, or maybe you have the spiritual gift of teaching, and, and, you, and you like kids, and so you might call her up and say, hey, could I, be, could I be a substitute? Or could I be a helper? And so you begin, you begin to explore. Explore and see what opportunities are available. Explore and see how you do if you like that kind of ministry. And you're trying, to dis you're trying to see if that spiritual gift that the test said that you have, that you, that you really do have. Because remember, the spiritual gift test is not infallible, but it's designed to point you in the right direction. And so you might experiment a little bit with this spiritual gift, and you're like, man, I hate this. 
well, I have to do this because that's what the test said. No, 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 no. Try it, and if you don't like it, then move on to something else. But, but find, find out if these indicators of, of your spiritual gift test results are accurate or not, and begin to, begin to see how you can use them. Now, the other thing is that when you get the results of your test, take the time to read through the entire email that was generated to you from uh, the organization that we have paid money to, to to process this. And if you'll take the time to read through that whole email, what it will do is it'll say, okay, you have the spiritual gift of administration, and then it'll tell you in that email that you receive in your inbox, it'll tell you what that spiritual gift is, what it looks like, and how that spiritual gift can be used in the life of a church. I mean, it'll actually give you concrete examples. And I thought, man, we should do a little bit more with that. I'm like, well, why should we do that? It's all there in the email. So, so, so take, take a look at that. And once you read through that, and uh, if you have a little bit better idea of what's going on, and you don't know what to do, then you should talk to, like, a pastor or talk to somebody on the leadership team or, or talk to somebody in the church and just get input from them and say, you know what, I want to begin to be involved in a ministry. How do I do that? Don't just like sit on your hands and wait for somebody to come to you. You know, don't wait for somebody from the leadership team to call you on the phone. Don't wait for Pastor Nate to call you on the phone, um, but be proactive. You know what? And guess what? You can even start your own ministry. You don't need anybody's permission to be nice. You don't need anybody to vote on that. You know, you just, you have this spiritual gift, and so you just get out, and you just start trying stuff and see what works. Man, talk about a beautiful thing. I hope, trust, pray that you will discover, use your spiritual gift, I'm really hoping that when we get together next week and I get a report on how many people have signed up, but that number goes up because the more people that we have involved in doing what God has called them to do, man, the better off we're going to be as we go down the road. All right, let's stand together and let me pray. Father, we're thankful today for your love. Thank you for every person that's here. And we're thankful that you have given to each of us at least one spiritual gift that you want us and expect us to use. I pray that you would help us to be the kind of people that respond and open the gift and use it for your good and for your glory and to build your kingdom here in this place, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.